specifically for people who are moving in, you know, out of mom and dad's house, you have, I assume, very little to move in with. Like, is that a thing? You have a housewarming party and you set up a like a registry where people will Dude, it's buy not, a little. No, it's not a baby shower. Like, why not? I would. Are if you I serious? Had... Sure. You're going to have a registry. So you're going to have people over and you're going to have a registry. I wouldn't go. Here's a better <laughs> idea. You're a first time homeowner. Let's say you need a toaster. Ask family and friends. Or set up a registry. No, you're asking for things that are used, not go to the store and buy me a new, you know, I'm going to have you over for pizza and wings to see my new house. By the way, can you go to the bay and pick me up a new set of cutlery? No, it's a party. You make an event of it. You spend some money on food. You make an event of sure, it. So people... The amount of money you're going to spend on your party is the amount of money you could have just taken and gone and buy the shit yourself. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is episode 159 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. I'm here with Ariel. Welcome, Ariel. How are you doing today? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? Good. Woke up with a bit of a headache today. It was my anniversary yesterday. Drank a bottle of wine. I think maybe I didn't drink enough water following up that bottle. Mm. Happy anniversary. 10 years? Thanks. Nine. Nine years. Nine. Yeah. 10 years, hopefully, we'll... Uh, Assuming things are back to a more familiar state of normal uh, as it relates to COVID and such. Well, I think it would be nice to get away for a trip for that one. What do you typically buy your spouse on a 10-year anniversary? Is that silver? Is it gold? Or is it... I think 10. I mean, I don't really follow that stuff, but I think 10 is a diamond. Is it diamond? I think so. I mean, it should be a big one for 10. Are you looking it up? I am. <laughs> so if you uh, were me, to go, if you guys were to go somewhere. Vacation, I think. Yeah. So if it's a vacation, what, what would the vacation be? Oh, I don't know. And the big dilemma right now with vacations is uh, one, we haven't really taken one in. Oh well, goodness. this is How easy. A tenth, a tenth wedding anniversary gift is traditionally made of tin or aluminum. Oh, damn. Okay. Maybe I will do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think the big thing for us with deciding on a vacation is not even so much about where, but whether the kids are joining us. I think it would be nice to get away with them. So if we don't go somewhere before then with them, you're going to go. Yeah, you must take a vacation then before that. You can't go on your yeah. 10th anniversary with the kids. Well, sure you can. <clears throat> but yeah, ideally, we were able to get away with them beforehand. It'd be nice. I know that, well, McKenna's never really been to a beach or anything like would that. You go, ocean would you go anyways. for your 10th year anniversary vacation? Would you go somewhere warm or would you go like more of a tourist kind of trip, like somewhere in Europe or something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, right now I'm in need of a beach. Yeah. Somewhere you can sit down and do nothing. So at this point, I would say that would be my... So like an all-inclusive... Yeah, but if we did that beforehand with the kids and got that out of my system, then the other option appeals to me more generally. Right. So like, you know, maybe an Italy trip or something fun like that. 
uh, would be good. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get on to the episode. Episode 159 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. First time home owner tips. Right. Last week we covered, um, actually, we covered the topic of first time buyers. And this week we follow the timeline to first time owners. And we're talking suggestions and tips on things they should consider. And I'll let you get started. So the whole, I mean, obviously the concept here is we just kind of like what you said, we talked about kind of tips and the process of buying your first place. But think about the first time homeowner. Think about when you purchased your first home. There's a lot of things that you don't necessarily know, right? Either you were renting or you live with mom and dad, family, whatever. And now you're moving into your own place that you own. You've got your tax bills. You've got your hydro, your, you know, all these bills coming in all of a sudden. So, you know, when I broached this topic with you and you asked me, okay, what are we talking about? And I started talking about budget and costs for the year, you said to me, what? You said, oh, well, that should be thought of in the buying process. Yes, budgeting, figuring out how much you can afford, knowing what the carrying costs are going to be. Absolutely. Here's the thing. You don't know what you don't know. Well, hopefully they're watching this before they buy, and then they know. Well, that's the point of doing the podcast. So, um, so we got to talk a little bit about budgets and what to be expected in terms of cost of home ownership. Um, you know, and I also like to talk when when we have first time home buyers, and I visit them after. You know, let's say they've been in there for a year and I saw by for a coffee or a beer or something. And they're always asking me, you know, should I replace this? Should I reno this? Should I do that? So I think, you know, for first time home buyers, they have a lot of those questions. Um, and they're wondering if I do spend money on the home, where is the best place to spend the money? What's going to give me a gr- better return on that investment? Um, so we can chat a little bit about that. And I think you might debate me on this next point, but this was what got the hamster wheel for me spinning is when I owned my first home, I was single. I was living in the home by myself. I bought it by myself. It's a 1300 square foot town home three-story townhome. And I used to have Sundays off. And every Sunday or every other Sunday, I would spend it cleaning the house. I worked six days a week, had one day off. And at least two of those four days in the month, I would spend giving the house a good cleaning floors, dusting, baseboards, bathrooms, wipe down the kitchen a little bit, you know, um, wipe down your appliances, all that stuff. 
it would take me a good, I don't know, four or five hours. Right. And that's not a big home, 1300 square feet, but you do the floors, you do the stairs. Stairs are a pain in the ass. Nobody likes to, especially those who are carpeted. So I was vacuuming the stairs there. Well, that has, you had, you had two sets of stairs. Right. It's a three-story townhome. I suppose all houses do if they have a finished basement too, but yeah, lots of stairs in those houses. And I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, I'm a relatively, especially then, I was a relatively clean person. You could go into my home at any time and it was pretty clean. Um, I wasn't there a lot, obviously, with working so much, but but I was cleaning it, you know, pretty regular basis. And I thought to myself, what I know now what would I have changed as a first time home owner? And the first thing that came to mind is that I would have hired a professional cleaning company to come in and do the cleaning for me. And of course I knew you're going to smirk and you have something to say about that, but you know, here's the thing. If you have limited time, like time is very valuable and you know, you can't replace that. Why do you want to spend your time? Like I remember being at home, having to clean my house on a beautiful summer day. You don't think I'd rather be out golfing or, you know, sitting on a patio or sitting on my front deck, reading a book um, versus cleaning my toilets and floors and doing all that stuff. Um, Yeah. So I think, you know, you, you hire a cleaning professional cleaning company, you know, sometimes you can find people that, you know, work for cash and whatever. Um, I always caution that because they're probably not insured. Um, But whoever you choose, have somebody come in and clean. They have a process like the cleaners that we use now and our, day-to-day business and even at home um they have a process what's the concern right? they, with the, what's the concern with the insurance aspect just I've, heard story, I've heard stories um i don't know just peace of mind that whoever is coming into my home has insurance so if they fall down the stairs and break their leg they have their own coverage as well and they're not just i mean they can still potentially go after the homeowner but good luck um i like dealing with professional companies you know a, give me a registered business name an invoice i don't care if i'm paying the hst i prefer to have a proper invoice charge me the tax you got insurance you're licensed you're bonded whatever that's the way i do things right so everybody has their preference. They might want to hire, you know, uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that will clean homes and they just show up, you pay them cash and well, they would, go. I would, I would guess the vast majority, maybe not the vast majority, but I would, I would think the majority of people out there cleaning homes are not insured. Well, I don't know about that. I don't have any statistics to back that up. I would probably agree with you. 
you know, the other on, thing is, yeah, knowing I have, I have valuables, like not too many, but I have valuables. Um, if I don't know that person, uh, you know, I'd rather hire a company that if something goes wrong, I can leave them a shit Google review as an example, and it affects their business. If, you know, if I hire Joe Smith for 20 bucks cash to come and clean my house and Joe Smith, bucks. whatever, you know, 20 bucks an hour um, and slips down the stairs and pockets, uh, you know, my favorite watch on, on the way. And then, uh, you know, can't find that person after, or you can't, uh, you know, you can't ding them at all really. So I don't know. I just prefer it that way. That's my own personal preference. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, speaking to, you know, being, you know, for first time home owner tips, and taking into consideration who many of those people are in their, you most of them in the earlier stages of their career and their life. And, you know, finances are probably quite a bit uh, more on the tight side. I would assume uh, anyways, that that's probably the case in, in most instances, instances that um, that is an unnecessary expense. I mean, there's going to be people out there that, might have the mindset of, well, while, you know, um, I'll hire someone to do it so that I can do my side hustle. And then that's a good thing. But I would, I would say again, that's not the majority of people. I would say the majority of people, um, you know, working the nine to five job, getting paid hourly or salary, and they're, they've got a fixed amount of income to work with. I would say that's a task that most people are going to be doing on their own. So, and there's ways there's ways to fine. make it I I won't I won't disagree that some people will not be able to afford. Is that what you're saying? They're not going to be able to afford it or can't afford it or don't want to afford it or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, whether what or I'm not saying, they see the value in it. Yeah. Well, this is this is the wake-up call. See the value in it. And if you can't get it done every two weeks or every week or every month or whatever, at least schedule once in a while, every couple of months, every quarter, you know. Get get the company in there to do a deep clean because from what I find, a lot of first-time homeowners don't realize, you know, baseboards need to be wiped down and dusted fairly regularly. Um, you know, the bathrooms need a good thorough scrubbing. All the tiles, the baseboard. Yeah, but that's stuff the, they can just they can do, and you know, you schedule it into your routine. So you do as maybe even do don't. like. People don't. Let's face it. Well, people they, don't. That, so that's that's my suggestion for the tip: is book that into your daily routine, not daily, but book it into your weekly routine. So maybe one day you do all the bathrooms, or sure, one day you like, do you that's split like it saying up one you should, floor per day. That's like saying you should lose thirty pounds. Just schedule it. Schedule it into your day. Get on that trip. Like it's. If I could pay somebody to magically make thirty pounds disappear, I'd rather pay somebody. To yeah, magically again, but make you're it disappear, talking. You're right? talking like to you're, somebody who can afford it, or you you are somebody who can afford it. So, I would say in most cases, people cannot. Okay, well, that's where you have to understand where your money goes and decide what is more important to you. Like having somebody clean your home is saving you a shit ton of time. 
and a lot of aggro, like who likes to clean their home? If by all means, if you like, if you're just one of those people that like cleaning your home, like I have my moments, you know, sometimes I'll just go on a cleaning spree, throw on a podcast, whatever, wipe things down, vacuum, dust, do all that stuff. But generally speaking, I'd rather have somebody take care of all that so I can spend more time with the family, go out golfing, whatever. And, you know, I don't agree with the fact that people can't afford it. You just got to think about that. That's something to think about, especially when you're buying. Like if your budget is a million dollars to buy a home, maybe your budget should be 950000 because you want to hire a cleaner or you want to hire a dog walker or you want to upgrade the floors. Like these are all the things you need to take into consideration when buying. Um, but as a first time home owner, I, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I think a lot of people either don't know, don't think about it, don't take it seriously. And people don't have time and that time is spent better elsewhere. Like you mentioned side hustles. Right. Yeah, for the this the small group of people that might do that, then I would say that well, you know, if you can, I, I'm going to stop you right there in your tracks because I would say in the next five to ten years, the first time home buyers are I know you're going to say the the demographic of those people are changing dramatically and. I think we're going to start seeing younger buyers again because they're making money with side hustles. So I think yeah, we're going to I see a lot agree. of people with more. And those that have side hustles oftentimes have more expendable budgets and income. Um, and generally like things being done for them. An easier life. So to speak, yeah. And having a cleaner uh, gives you all of those things, and it's not expensive. Okay, so it's let's just expensive. premise it this way. Well, it depends on. Yeah, it can be. It can cost you know 150 bucks each time on average, maybe 200 bucks a pop, depending okay. on if you're hiring just uh, an independent person versus people, a company. Whatever. I know people that easily spend 200 bucks a month at Starbucks. Right. So that's a matter of people figuring out where they see their more value in their I know time and money. Spending a hundred dollars a month on cable. But there there's a line at some point you have to decide at what point it's not feasible anymore because then you have also the outside. If you have a lawn, well, there's gardening, there's lawn work, there's there's all these things that require some degree of work. I mean, you I could hire I've been organizing my garage and stuff like that. I could hire someone to do that. So it's a matter of you know, you can hire someone to do everything. Really, you can have a maid, you can have a chef, you can, you know, these are all just tasks uh, and responsibilities. My point with cleaning yeah. is that you are upkeeping the home. It's a maintenance thing more than anything. I well, mean, I, but you're getting enjoyment out of it and you're saving time, you know, putting up some whatever shelves in your in your garage uh, is really not going to make a difference on the resale value of your home. 
having a clean home that's been well maintained. I um, would differ. I would beg to differ. If you if you put up nice organized, have a nice organized garage, of course that would yeah, add value. Okay, you you so you have a nice organized garage, but the inside is dirty and smelly, and baseboards are caked on with dirt and grime. And if somebody was kitchen to, cabinets have oil splatter all over them. Well, that's just, I mean, that shouldn't happen, really. But yeah, but it does. So kitchen and bathrooms, those are areas where for sure cleaning um, on a regular basis can have a long-term effect. You know, bathrooms, we see it all the time. I've been in houses that were two years old that had mold growing in the shower because they'd never cleaned it. And I've, you know, I have a 10-year-old house was not a spot of mold because we maintain the house. So you know, right. those efforts so that can person, go a long way. So that person, those people that were there for two years and had mold growing in the shower, whatever. Yeah. Those are the types of people that don't have the time or don't have the patience, the energy, don't want to put I'd the effort in. I'd be willing to guess those people don't have the money either. <laughs> How do you know? Well, because I think the people, I, I, I'd be, I, I would assume that the people that, have I know a you know, lot of people head, that head have on their money. shoulders. Yeah. I know having good head on your shoulders and wanting to clean your home are oh, you didn't totally let me finish. different things. Generally speaking, if people have their shit together, I would think that they're better organized in all different aspects of their life. I I don't agree with that. I know a lot of people, especially men, especially men that are single, um that don't have the time, effort, or energy, or patience to do good, thorough, deep cleaning of the home. And even though I, so again, I was just going back to my own experience as an individual, as a first-time homeowner, and my home was clean. But in retrospect, I would have hired cleaners. And I couldn't really afford it at that time because I was on a tighter budget. Um, but I would have found the money to do it. I would have eaten out less. By the way, if you go onto our Instagram account and click on the link in our bio, so go to at Cormendi Trot and Instagram, click on the link in our bio, it'll take you to our link tree. In the link tree, there is a link to our money savings tip guide. Download that guide. It's a free guide. Lots of ways to save money so that you can pay for cleaners. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's good for them to know there's somebody that could do everything in their house. It's a matter of figuring out what you like to do, what you don't like to do. And what, How about you know, this? How about this? If you've, lived goes, in, if you've lived in the home, try it for six months. Okay. First time homeowners, try it for six months. If you find yourself cleaning the home, maintaining it well, doing that deep clean every once in a while to make sure the baseboards are nice and clean, all of your tiles, your grout, your caulking, you're wiping down all the window sills and your mirrors and you're doing that type of cleaning on a regular basis, then good for you. I applaud you. Save the money on cleaners and, and you know, throw on some Bob Marley and your, your maid outfit and go nuts. Uh, if after six months, you're finding that you hate it and you don't do a good job at it, and there are definitely areas of the home that are being neglected 
whatever it is, baseboards, washrooms, kitchens, floors, etc. Get a cleaning company. Try it once and see if you like it. See if you find it's worthwhile. That $150, you might think, ooh, that's a big expense. But just like splurging on a vacation or buying a sexy pair of shoes or a premium vehicle, um, there are certain things in life that you splurge on. And so if you want to consider that a splurge, it's one of those things for first-time homeowners I think they don't think about that they should splurge on. Let's move on. All right, let's let's move on. Yes, I agree. All right. The uh, one thing I think a lot of people don't consider that falls kind of falls within your budgeting concept or um, idea is specifically for people who are moving in, you know, out of mom and dad's house. Um, not so much the case if you're coming out of a rental, but you have, I assume, very little to move in with, like forks, knives, spoons, slotted spoon, potato masher you know, spatula, like there, there are like, I could give you a list of a thousand items that you probably don't have, um, that you'll need, uh, as you go, you know, over the course of a year, it's a great point in a house. So I, I don't remember what I did. I mean, housewarming parties, is that a thing you have a housewarming party and you set up a, like a registry where people will Dude, buy it's not, a little, no, it's not a baby shower. Like why not? I would, are if you I had, serious? Sure. If my for first house, I'm talking, right? Like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, you don't do baby you're showers. Have a registry? For the second, so you're going to have people over and you're going to have a registry. I wouldn't go. Why not? I'll bring not? you a nice bottle of wine or something, or I'll, well, you know. save your money, go to my registry and spend that 20 to 50 bucks on, you know, a couple, a better a couple idea. wine glasses. Here's a better <laughs> idea. Okay. You're a first time homeowner on a garage you, sale. Unless you're really picky and you shouldn't be, you should save as much money as you can with those kind of things. So let's to hire say you a cleaner. Need a, let's say, yeah, let's say you need a toaster. Yeah. Ask family and friends. You know, hop set on up Facebook. A registry. No, you're asking for things that are used, not go to the store and buy me a new. You know, I'm going to have you over for pizza and wings to see my new house. By the way, can you go to the bay and pick me up a new set of cutlery? Like, come on. No, it's a party. You make an event of it. You spend some money on food. You make an event of it. The amount of money you're going to spend on your party is the amount of money you could have just taken and gone and buy the shit yourself. I don't know. I'm going to look into this. Okay. I mean, it seems like it makes sense. And if if I had a close friend that bought their first house, I would bring a a new toaster. I wouldn't hesitate to buy them a toaster if there are any realtors i know the realtors on our team often listen to the podcast if there are any realtors listening that would be a great initiative for a realtor to take on to offer first-time homeowners first-time home buyers to say hey i'll coordinate a um kind of a housewarming party for you and I'll set up the registry and send it out to everybody that you want to invite and I'll send out the invites for you. That would be so a So now you're initiative. down with the registry? I'm just trying to understand this. No. Sort of. You're somewhat, obviously somewhat interested in it. So no, it's, I, I think first-time homeowners should go to the ReStore or go to the Salvation Army and, you know, you take 50 bucks or whatever you need to buy whatever 
you need from there, but you can find everything at the Salvation Army for cheap. Um, oftentimes they're very good because they keep the good stuff to sell. Um, you know, they're in good condition, they're clean, they work. Um, that's all you need. Well, you and if you want to like treat was... yourself to something like I've walked into uh, first time homeowners homes and they've got like a smeg uh, a toaster, like a $200 toaster. So some people want to treat themselves. Um, you know, they go, I'm, they buy the 75 yeah. inch TV and the smeg toaster and the Dyson vacuum. And then they, realize oh shit you know our tax bill just came in for the quarter and it's a thousand bucks gotta think yeah. about those things yeah i agree even now um, like we well, have ikea cutlery at home yeah i've me too i've had it for a decade yeah you know it i works. think every now and then Still. it would be nice to have newer nicer stuff but there's really it serves a purpose and it works you know when you're in a position where it's like it's not a big deal anymore than splurge, but in the meantime, conserve your finances. There was a post on a local Facebook page recently where uh, somebody uh, was on the dads of Milton page, a dad's TV broke. So you sent out a message to the group saying, Hey, my TV broke. Does anyone have anything that's laying around that they're not using or they're going to throw out or whatever? I think messages like that are effective too. Like go to a local Huge. page and Huge. say, Hey, I just bought my first house. I've got like literally nothing in it. If anyone has anything from a spoon to a toaster, let me know. Exactly. There's people out there that will 100%. provide. 100%. Well, even on your own Facebook page, most people have hundreds of quote unquote friends or thousands. Yeah. If you're really popular or you just like to have people on there for having people on there. But, you know, if you've got a couple hundred friends even, on your Facebook page and you just post something, Hey, moving, just bought our first house. So happy. Uh, you know, maybe whatever. that's, maybe that's the housewarming party. It's like, Hey, I'm having a housewarming party. If you could bring anything that you're not using that I might be able to use in my house and you'll get now like, that's a better idea. Well, here, is it? Cause then you things... end up with a hundred toasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you could sell them. Well, I then, suppose. then you've got a side hustle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you can sell some of those toasters to pay for those cleaners. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, uh, one of the first things um, that people should do that we do for our clients when they buy is change the locks, but not just the locks, um, resetting any keypads, uh, resetting the garage, garage door, door opener. Door so openers. it, it, it uh, disconnects any previous remotes or cars that were connected to it. Um, and I want you to tell your, your story without obviously naming any names, but you've got a funny story about a client that went back into their old house and it is, uh, it I, confirms I, why it's important to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So the property closed, we'll say on, I think it was on a Tuesday and I get a message from the buyers. We listed the property, sold it successfully. No problem. Get a message from the buyer's agent saying, um, hey, everything went well with the closing, but they, um, not very nice of them or something like that. They left a big, ugly couch in the basement and 
the buyers don't want it, uh, can you tell them to come and pick it up? And I said, okay, sorry about that. Let me see what I can coordinate. When will the new homeowners be at the property? Um, he said, I don't know. Let me get back to you. So in the meanwhile, I messaged our sellers. They'd already moved out, right? Everything's gone. Keys, the, the home closed, keys exchanged. So I messaged the, um, the seller and I said, uh, hey, everything went well with the closing. Congrats. Um, you left the home nice and clean. They're appreciative of that because they were. And they did leave the house nice and clean. But I understand you left a big, ugly couch in the basement. And, you know, they actually forgot because they didn't really use their basement. And they had been moving out in stages because they um, had a lot of stuff, uh, four kids, you know, so lots going on. And they had a couple of trips back to the home to take the final stuff out. And in that process, they just forgot the couch. At least that's what they said. And I believe them. Um, I said, okay, well, I, I told them I would speak to you. Let me see uh, when they'll be available and we'll see what we can coordinate. Because he he they did say, okay, no problem. I'm, I'm really sorry. We'll go back and we'll get the couch. Right. Well, I get a call at, I don't know what time, late at night, that the new homeowner, the buyer, was livid. The, so the agent called me and he said, Ariel, what the hell's going on? My buyers, my clients are absolutely distraught and very upset. They came to the house at like 9.30 p.m. And the old owner, your client, was walking out of the house. I said, what? So what happened was the previous owner went back in. This is the day after closing, I believe. Went back into the house. They still had a key, which they shouldn't have because all keys should have been transferred at closing and went in and got the couch. That's crazy. It's funny because it probably didn't even phase them. Like the, the imagine they were just like, oh, okay, I'll go get it. So they went there. Oh, here's a key. Right. I'll go in. So 100%, used to that's going exactly in and out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, I guess, you know, when you have four kids and, you know, you're running a family and in that transition and lots going on and busy life and work and all that stuff, you're not really thinking about it. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot the couch. Let me go and get it. They knew nobody was living in there yet because they knew they were moving in on the weekend. So the house right. was vacant. Um, but technically that, you know, it's breaking and enter, right? So, yeah. Well, unfortunately in this scenario, it was, you know, uh, all with good intentions, nothing bad came of it. But the point it, of the, exactly, the matter is there's, there's probably spare keys lingering around somewhere. 100%, 100%. Right. And if, for some reason, somebody had ill intentions. Um, maybe they didn't like how the transaction pros kind of went through and they felt like, I don't know, who knows, whatever the story could be. Maybe they went in to vandalize the house afterwards and were hoping not to get caught or, you know, who knows, who knows? Well, um, 
over the years, like if you live in the ha- in the home for an extended period of time, like more than, you know, a few months or a couple of years, like if you're there for five to 10 years, which most homeowners are in that range, um, does your neighbor have a key? Right. Does I just your... found a bunch of keys. I think one of them is for your old lock. Good thing I changed my locks. Yeah. Um, you know, does your cleaner have a key? Does whoever right, is your realtor, after this, everybody will have a cleaner. Does your realtor have a key? Like who has keys, right? Yeah. The other thing, you know, you, you mentioned garage door openers. How many times you as a realtor have got a message from a buyer? They take possession of the home and they're like, oh, what's the garage code? And I'm like, why, why does that matter? Get your ladder. Push right. the reset button, hold down that reset button on the garage thing, or yeah, it's so you simple. Like you almost shouldn't provide it to them because then I'd say the majority of times they would just never get around to doing it. Right. Makes right? them lazy they be, and they keep the same code. Yeah. They're like, they have oh, intentions of doing now. it. It just doesn't I'm, happen. Yeah. Actually, that's a good poll. We should we should put that as an Instagram poll or something. Well, we How many just, people we should just, you know, pick half a dozen or a dozen houses that we've had buyers move into this year. See if we can find out what the code was from the previous owner. Go and try it. Well, why don't we just ask them, have you changed your code since you moved in? That might be an easier that way. Would, that would work too. Unless, Mine was more dramatic. Wants, it was like maybe video be, worthy. We could make a video. That would be a it. funny video though. Us just at yeah. the front of their garage, entering the code to see if it opens and yeah. waiting for them to pop out to see what's going on. Yeah. Oh, it kind of goes along the lines of, remember we said we were going to slip a clause into all of our schedules that said, you know, we had rights to use their pool or something on a certain day of every year. And we would just show up in our bathing suit because people are so oblivious and don't read those things. We, we, (laughs) that would actually be a really good clause for us to include because we've got a lot of homes now that have pools and neither of us have a pool. How cool would that be? Did you know there's but, a company now that does like it's like um Uber but for pools? Yeah, yeah, it's been around for a little while now. I just heard of it this year. One of year. the uh Rick DeLorenzo, one of the um counselors in town, he uh he subscribed he started his own uh kind of um service like that and use it started by using his own pool and he yeah. was booked up pretty well this summer like Making good money. I don't know if I would, first of all, if I was the homeowner, I would never rent my pool out to a bunch of strangers to come and use it. Number one. Number two, as somebody renting it, I don't know how comfortable I'd be renting somebody else's pool. Imagine like half well, of I the time. I think it's no different than it. It's the same as an Airbnb concept, right? That? So... You, so, I mean, you okay. try to so filter rent, through people. You rent this pool. Yeah. And the homeowners are home. Okay. You feel comfortable swimming in their pool while they're at home? Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, that's the whole... I don't know. You got... These people, these people you know, don't... I mean, Billy on the second floor peeping down, looking at <laughs> your wife. 12-year-old Billy can do that. I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, you got to think. These are people that don't have pools, obviously, right? So it's like 
it's not ideal. I mean, in an ideal world, I'm sure they'd have their own pool, but they don't. So this is the next best option. Certainly better yeah. than a public pool. Fucking public pools are disgusting. Um, so well, that becomes kind of a public pool, doesn't it? If the public is using no, it, no, it's like it's like um, it's like an executive level of a public pool. It's like right. you get exclusive use. Like it would be different if I, you know, if you could rent out the public pool, which you can, but you know, it probably doesn't make sense to uh, for a family. But if you could, that would be different versus being there when there's a hundred people that you don't know, right? So yeah, I don't go and, to public pools. No, um, Natalie invited me to go to uh, making waves there when she had the boys in um, swimming lessons. Yeah, I went to the public pool for that, and I, I. But I went when there was it was like parent and taught, so it's like, and it was during the week, so there's like hardly anybody there. All right, let's stay focused here on first-time homeowner tips. Do you have anything else that I have one last thing, but is there anything else that you want to interject with? We talked a little bit about cleaning and saving. No, I mean, that was really just it for me in terms of first things people should do. Um, I mean, one thing we're big advocates of that we've talked about in the past, which may be your last thing, I don't know, but it was, you know, planting a tree or something because uh, mm, five years from one. now, which which happens very quickly. Uh, I mean, our trees we planted roughly four or five years ago. I don't remember, and they're as tall as our house now, right? And they started off Great maybe privacy. seven feet tall, eight feet tall max, um, yeah. and now they're twenty. So, yeah. you know, plant a tree um, or two, kind of. Even if you don't have to do all the landscaping, but give, maybe get a general idea for what you would do if you do something in the future and plant it in a space that would be uh, conducive to accommodating that. Don't just stick it in the backyard in the middle of the space. Um, and then, you know, before you know it, be a few years old and providing and looks great. Uh, it completely changes the atmosphere in the backyard when you're back there. It's really nice. So plant a tree. Yeah, it's a great tip. Um my final tip is again something that I think first-time homeowners don't take into consideration until it's too late or much further down the road. Something like planting a tree lines up with this. It's a good segue into my tip, and that's to budget every year on improvements, renovations, whatever, but improving the home. And actually spend that money on improving your home on a regular basis. So, and do it to your budget. So I'm not talking about replace the entire kitchen, but maybe you're replacing the door hardware, or maybe you're improving the lighting by replacing a light fixture every once in a while, or the door handles, like pick certain things and spread it out maybe quarterly. And, but you need to budget for that. Nobody budgets for that, right? They all say, okay, now we're going to sell the house. And the realtor told me I need to change my door handles. I need to change my light fixtures, the hardware on the kitchen cabinets, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's 2,500 bucks to 5,000 bucks. I can't afford that. So we're just going to sell it as is. Right. Well, and a lot of people who do it at that point, if they do it at that point, they're like, wow, I I love my house again. I should have done it. Right. They all say, 
why didn't we do this sooner? We know we knew we could have or should have, but why didn't we do it sooner? So in your, you know, cost planning, your budgeting, in your finances, um, always be putting money into your home. It's your biggest investment. And that is going to help not only maintain the value of your investment, but also going to help improve the investment, the return on that investment, um, assuming you pick the right things. Um, whether it's paint, caulking, new fixtures, new faucets, new hardware, new lighting, improving your landscaping, you know, um, adding the garage uh shelving or what have you that you commented on or your 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 backdrop there's a good example little things like um well right uh a barn board wall or even a faux barn board wall even wallpapered barn board wall you know things right now that are i'm sitting uh, in the kt studio on main street in milton 75 main street east uh when we rented this is a space that we rent it was primarily our studio and has become a quasi studio sales and admin office. We're just finally now starting getting back to having more than one person in it at a time. Um, and when we took possession of this four and a half years ago, this place was a dump. You know, you add something like I, to the point where the the agent who had listed we were there to see another unit in the building the agent said oh you're not going to like that one right right he was really downplaying how how he thought it was terrible he's like no don't even look at it which is why we got a great deal on it yeah and then because we got a great deal on it we did take some money and do some upgrades. This was one of them. And um, and it really makes a nice impact in this. This is in the boardroom. So it makes a nice impact. Today, it makes a nice backdrop for, for my podcast. Um, you know, so you do things. And having said that, so we spent the money on some of these additions and renovations in, in our office. We kept our $20 coffee maker that was pissing us off uh, that produced really shit coffee for the next, at least the next year before we finally upgraded and got a really good coffee maker because you had to budget, right? There was only so much money that you could spend. So, you know, you take, um, you take those things and, and you spread it out and um, you put the high priority ones at the top the lower priority ones at the bottom and but you have to schedule it in first time home buyers they don't do that on a regular or first time home owners don't do it on a regular basis so my aside from having cleaners go in and do a professional cleaning my biggest tip for most home, first time home owners is always be spending money on improving your home and it doesn't have to be a lot of money. You mentioned yesterday or the day before that you picked up some uh, door pulls on Amazon for cheap. You know, there are so many times where things go on sale, whether it's Amazon, Black Friday deals, Boxing Day deals. You know, keep your eyes out for things like that. 
Um, things like a Nest thermostat. Sometimes they go on sale for like 25% off. Uh, that's a nice upgrade to have in your home. So budget that in and actually spend it, actually do it. Um, if your home is clean, it's been maintained and you've got some nice upgrades that you've done since you've purchased it, you will sell your home for more money and in less time when it does come time to upgrade your next Alternatively, home. alternatively, um, don't spend any money on it. Take all your money, invest it in a second property that well, you rent out. That's a great that's, segue into episode we'll 160 next week. Next week. Next week's uh, topic, first time home investor, first time investor tips. Yeah, that's right. Well, first time we talked about uh, buying and we didn't make it clear as to who was buying. So we're going to clarify, depending on who you are, these are the various things you should do. Thanks for listening. Everybody, that's episode 159 of KT Confidential. If you the real estate podcast. The real estate podcast. If you haven't already, we really appreciate you listening and uh, really appreciate also you taking the few seconds it takes to click that subscribe button and you'll get notifications every time a new podcast is released, which is every Monday morning. There you go. Have a great week.